All right, y'all, welcome to part two of Breaking Up with Princess Syndrome. In part one, I talked about my personal experience. Now we're getting into a little more general and places where everyone can relate. Let's talk about it, y'all. Society, welcome back to the Sassy and Saved podcast, where kingdom meets culture. Tackling real topics and real issues from the kingdom perspective. If this is your first time, welcome to the society. You can keep up with us on Instagram at sassyandsaved.co. And before you head out, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. So y'all ready? Let's talk about it. So I was in a clubhouse room and a woman was speaking about how she has stopped serving God for the last few years because prior to getting married, she had, you know, honored God with her body, um, was celibate, abstaining, whatever the word is. I never know. Um, she was reading marriage books and like going to marriage seminars and doing, doing all this stuff, like preparing herself for marriage, as they say, prepare yourself. Right. And she got married and they have believe in, they were believing God for the first, I think four years for a child and they had not um they had not their prayers were not answered um in their timing right and so she was angry with god which is what she said she was angry with god and she had stopped her devotion to him because how could she have done everything she was supposed to do more than what she saw her friends doing and her friends are living happily ever after and she's not And I was listening to that and it was really sad. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of women think like this and that entitlement is princess syndrome. The fact that we think God owes us a happily ever after because we are honoring him with our bodies or honoring him or just living righteously or according to the standard that the Bible has set. The fact that we now expect that everything is going to go perfectly and live happily ever after is princess syndrome that's another manifestation of princess syndrome because god does not owe us a happily ever after because of how devoted we are to him we're devoted to him because we love him and in relationships in courtship in marriage in all of it there is turbulence there are difficulties there is waiting on the timing of the lord and and it's not just because you you've lived your singleness well, you you are given the reward of a perfect marriage. That's not how it works, right? Like marriage is not the end of your journey. It's the beginning of a new one. You were running a race alone and now you are running a race with someone else. And when we fail to recognize and see marriage in that way is when we have a distorted picture or perception. Now, when the lady was speaking, so many people came up onto stage. If you know how Clubhouse works, it's like um, a group podcast. So it's an audio room where people can just drop in and share their opinions and experiences on whatever topic. So people were coming in the room and so many ladies were saying, yeah, you know what? I actually have the same idea or I actually felt that way too. And she was educating us that that is not the case. Like if you have a mindset that, if I live a righteous life or if I keep myself pure, if I do this and this and this, God is going to reward me with 
a fairy tale marriage, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. Because at the end of the day, yes, we can pray and believe God for good marriages. And I do believe God wants good marriages for all of us. But at the end of the day, there are the storms of life and there are crises that happened and everybody has to go through them. You are not and you cannot be exempt from some of the crises of life. And God gives us the grace and ability to handle whatever is given to us. And so some people, because of their grace, are able to handle a little bit more and will be given a little bit more turbulence just so that they can see the glory of God. And some people may have less and some people may have less, but nonetheless, we all will have to endure some sort of crisis. So to go in with that mindset of a fairy tale, especially as a reward for your good behavior is setting yourself up for some serious heartbreak and even resentment, which a lot of people have in their marriages. I have seen couples who low-key, high-key resent their spouses because they expected a fairy tale and that is not the case. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand where it comes from. We as Christian women especially are constantly surrounded and fed the narrative that we are the prize and a man obtains favor from getting with us and we are the favor of our husband. And girls, don't get me wrong. We are the favor of our husband. But I think it's time we understand what that favor means and what it is that brings that favor. This mentality of I'm the prize, men should be lucky to date me. I know I'm going to hurt some feelings, but it is the reason why many Christian women find themselves in and out of relationships or not in relationship at all. I myself, and I'll always use myself because I would never point fingers if I couldn't physically relate. And so I myself used to be, as you heard in the last episode, really deep in that mentality. Like I'm the prize. Any man should be lucky to date me. I'm the favor of my husband. But it's it's been too long that we have been riding on beauty and spirituality. And, and in this particular time, in this particular generation, it's just not gonna cut it. Back in the day, and I understand why the church mother's push spirituality and push beauty and push homemaking because back in the day women did not have the same opportunities that they have in 2021 and the way the family and the way society was the man was the one that was out there doing all that and the woman was the was the one that was homemaking and being beautiful and praying for the man granted but here we are in 2021 in a millennial generation where we are highly entrepreneurial, where we are highly educated, where we are intellects, where we are doing so much more in this generation than we've seen in any other generation. Even though I'm not a man or do I claim to be an expert on a man, from the men I know and I've spoken to, a man is not looking for the most beautiful woman that can dress the best, nor is he looking for the best homemaker. He's looking for a woman of value. And what makes you a woman of value is your distinctiveness. There are 1,000 billion women in the world that are pretty and can dress well and can pray. So that is not enough anymore. 
what makes you different, what makes you valuable, what makes you that virtuous woman, that virtuous woman who can find is your godly character, is your intellect, is your ability to do what maybe others cannot do. In Proverbs 31, the woman is praised by her children and husband, not simply because of her beauty, but because of what she can do, her mind. So what is that difference? A valuable woman is one that carries wisdom, is always seeking to learn, is intellectual, is discreet, can keep secrets. A man is looking for someone he can speak to intellectually and receive intellectual answers. He's looking for someone he can go to for sound counsel and wisdom. He's looking for someone he can trust with his weaknesses, his vulnerabilities, his emotions. He's looking for someone he can share his vision with and trust that she could help birth it and bring it to life. These are all qualities that make us valuable women. And they come from our character. They come from our intellect. They come from our wisdom and sitting at the feet of others. It comes from our tact and discretion, being able to keep secrets and not be spreading your business and other people's business. All these things are what make a valuable women. One thing I noticed in my own life and have noticed in the life of others who operate or are walking in princess syndrome, they don't take the time to work on these things. We will be 26, 27 and still messy. We can beat our face amazingly. Our highlight will be blinding people. We dress well and put, to, and put ourselves together perfectly. We look the part, but we don't act the part. So And so men will come close because they'll be attracted to the branding of the package. But once they open it up and get to see what's inside, what they were sold is not what they received. In other words, it's not given what it's supposed to give. And so part of breaking free from princess syndrome is being able to invest in yourself, being a woman that seeks to grow, improve herself, to do that inner work, to personally develop, to read books, ask people to show you the areas in which you lack, to do a deep reflection and inner work and realize, okay, I am not discreet or I have a problem with saving or I have a problem with such and such and such and seeking to improve. And that looks like learning from other women, supporting other women, and growing from other women. Because in the kingdom, nothing is new under the sun. Somebody has already gone through what you're currently going through or what you will grow through. And that is why community is very important. So instead of us being jealous, we should seek to insert ourselves in communities and to learn from women that we admire. The Bible says that the older women are to teach the younger women. And I d and there was no age reference given. So any woman that is older than you has experience that you do not have. And a humble and wise woman will attach herself to an older woman that she admires to learn from her so that she can skip some of the mistakes she made or have the advantage of having wisdom in areas she has not yet tackled. Notice that princesses don't have any friends. In every princess story, it's the princess and the man. <laughs> Some of them, the princesses will be talking to the animals in the house. Like Cinderella was 
really talking to animals. I think Snow White too was playing with the birds. Even Rapunzel, to be honest. Princess Tiana, a frog. Like all of the princesses don't have friends. We are not princesses. We are queens, okay? And we need community. Another way um, Princess Syndrome manifests in the church for Christian women is the glorification of being a first lady. Um, that position of a first lady is the most glamorous, obviously, in the church. You think it looks like, let me say, it appears as if the first ladies live that princess lifestyle. And you'll often find a person that that is is um that that has princess syndrome, a person that has these ideologies of relationships and of Christian relationships, they will covet or they will strive to be a first lady. Like that is what they want to be because they have that ideology that being a first lady is a glamorous position. You do this and you do that. And that is that like that one very good indicator of a person that has princess syndrome is the burning desire to be a first lady because to be honest the first lady in the church is our modern day princess or it is it appears as if on the outside they're the modern day princess they get to hold the pastor's hand and they live this glamorous life and they're famous and they're known and and it's like it's a glamorous position right but um that is the most unglamorous position in the church actually <laughs> um yeah, <laughs> like, mm, mm, that is the most unglamorous position. So don't get it twisted. All right, so lastly, and this one, <laughs> this one is interesting. Um, another way Princess Syndrome sneakily manifests is the entitled one and done romance narrative what i mean by that is like a princess you sit in your castle you live life doing whatever and your prince charming just sees you and loves you and marries you and you don't have to go through the dating scene you don't have to date anyone you're just waiting for the right person that god is bringing now don't go some now don't go stand somewhere and say that Teresa said we should date plenty because that's not what I said. And granted, some people do have a one and done story. They come to the faith, they meet someone, they date them, and they marry them. But making that particular situation or some people's story the standard is where a lot of women find themselves in princess syndrome because like princesses they expect it to happen that way and that is not what god has planned for them i personally thought it as such and so i refused to answer dms from any guys i refused to entertain any man because i had a picture of what I thought or what I wanted in a man, I knew what God had spoken to me about and I was waiting for Prince Charming to find me one and done. Sis, don't do that <laughs> because sometimes your man is in the friend zone. 
Also, if you don't talk to people, if you're mean, you don't respond to people, don't allow them to get to know you, how can they then pursue you and want to marry you? Like, as we already, as we have already gone over, gone are the days where we can get by on looks alone. So it's not because, oh, this girl's pretty and she loves God online. I'm going to pursue her and marry her. No, I need to get to know her. And how do I get to know her? By becoming her friend, by messaging her, by having minimal conversation with her to see how she responds and acts and just to get to know the person on a surface level, on a friendship level, to see if I like and can handle that before I decide to go any further. So this one and done mentality that has you ignoring DMs because what does this person want or not even interested in making friends with men is not going to help you. You are not like, sorry to say you're not going to get married. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like that's, it's, that's not how it works. Again, some people have that story one and done. They go into church, boy meets girl, girl meets guy, boy likes girl, girl likes guy. Yes, some people, but for the rest of us in the world, which is probably 99% to be honest, that's not how it works. It's through friendship. It's through being introduced through mutual friends. It's through, this is someone that I passed by in church, but I never really talked to till we served on the same team. It's through them like Boaz who everybody wants observing a person for a a considerable amount of time asking about them then getting to know them and then making the decision and that's how the story of Ruth and Boaz goes go and study your bible well he didn't just get up and say I'm going to marry her he watched her and then he asked about her then he went to talk to her and then he was impressed with how she responded and what she did and it matched up with what he had heard and then he made a decision so that one and done is not everybody's story and that is where a lot of us find ourselves there was a time where I would not like every dm delete I don't even open it just instagram slide delete because why are you messaging me? No, you're not my husband. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know he's not your husband? You haven't talked to him yet. How do you know? We also have this mentality that God is going to choose for us and bring somebody to us and be like, this is your husband. Not true. Granted, for some people, I do believe that's for some people. God does choose for them. I do. I actually do. I don't know how to say it, not choose, but like he makes it very, very clear that this is what I want for you. So this is where you better be. He makes it very, very clear. At the end of the day, you can still choose, but he makes it very, very clear that my friend, yes, steady, which means this one is where you want to go, you know? But, um, you still have the choice even in that, but for the rest of the worlds, he does not choose for you. He brings people that will be suitable, that'll be compatible and allows you to make that decision. And so all of this, I'm not entertaining this person. I'm not making friends with this person because they're not my husband. How do you know? (laughs) He might just be, he could be, you may like him. 
if you start talking to him, you don't know. So let's please humble ourselves and let's deliver ourselves from this one and done mentality. Again, because I know people are going to be like, no, my pastor said, my pastor said, even though some of y'all pastors be loud and wrong, but you know, my pastor said, my pastor said, again, granted, I do believe that some people do have a one and done and I've seen it many times, but for most people, that is not the case. So let's please be guided. So yeah, that wraps up the second half of this episode. I pray that it blessed you. This part was even sweeter than the last part. So I pray that it really taught you something and it really made you think. At the end of the day, I always want people to think that's it. Like, I don't want to push my beliefs on you or anything. I just want you to think and do a reflection and ultimately go back to God and see how and where it applies to you so that we can all do better and be better. So yeah, and if you're looking for a community, because shameless plug, if you're looking for that woman community to encourage and build each other, the Sassy and Safe community is open to you. You can follow us on Instagram at sassyandsaved.co and send us a DM saying that you would like to join the community and we'll add you to the WhatsApp group and you can join many girls around the world in building a better you and drawing closer to Jesus. Hope y'all were blessed. Sassy and saved, baby.